Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up and welcome to Believe in High School Basketball. I'm your host, Bryce Ronquillo. Episode 2 is here. Do you believe? So thankful, so grateful to be on air today. Thank you for joining me. Believe in High School Basketball is the newest show on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, and the number one network in Los Angeles for sports podcasts. Let's get it. Wednesday, November 11th. Today we'll be covering the road to 50. That is when all 50 states will finally be playing high school basketball and how close we are to that. Pangos All-American Festival wrapped up this past weekend. We'll be recapping that. We have uh, new preseason rankings from major sites and high school basketball on national television very soon. Uh, Let's get into the road to 50. We currently have three states totaled with their high school basketball season underway. Alabama and Mississippi started it off on the 5th and Arkansas started on the 9th. Uh, This week, Georgia and Texas will both start on the 13th. Highly ranked Wheeler will be back in action, but they actually won't start their season until the 28th against McEachern. That should be fun. Two of the top programs in the Peach State, McEachern graduated Shreve Cooper last year. He'll be playing for Bruce Pearl's Auburn Tigers. Man, that Auburn team is going to be fun to watch this year. I know they're losing a lot of guys, especially... Isaac Okoro, who's projected to be a top 10 pick, but they have a loaded class of youngsters. Man, I think they're the number one class this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So let's keep an eye on Wheeler this year. They'll have a nice returning unit. They have good size, good athleticism. Most notably, they got a five-star combo guard, Isaiah Collier. Uh, He's number, he's he's probably top rank in the 2023 class on most sites. Uh, really highly regarded he has uh, SEC offers and uh, Big Ten offers excuse me Big 12 offers so go look for uh, him to have a big sophomore season in the great state of Texas we got a number of schools kicking off their season on Friday most notably Duncanville who's ranked 30th in Max Prep's latest preseason rankings we'll talk more about those rankings later today but Duncanville, they take on the Ice School of Louisville, or excuse me, Ice School of Louisville, like lowercase i, then school, like like iPhone or, you know, iTunes, whatever. Really good prep school out in Louisville. Uh, they take on Duncanville. That'll be a good matchup. We'll have 16 other states that start their season from now until November, so I'll be sure to keep you updated on who's playing. Man, it's really an exciting time. It's really cool to see states getting it done in the midst of a pandemic for the betterment of the players. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on playing during a pandemic versus not playing, go back and listen to episode one. I have some really good stuff on there and just talking about my opinion about how high school basketball is being handled amidst a pandemic. And um, so, yeah, go, go back to episode one and, and, and check that out. Uh, but overall, as a sports fan, I, I love to see that players are getting a chance to show what they can do on the court. That is always a win in the realm of sports. Uh, just having these guys get a chance to get out there and play 
and do what they love. Pangles All-American wrapped up this past weekend. I talked about that last week, gave a little preview if you guys caught that. And if you got to tune into Baller TV and see Pangles All-American, it was quite the treat. A lot of great basketball. I made some predictions on who would come out on top, who I thought would do well, what teams would, would, would do well. They, they set it up into four uh, regions. So they had a south, they had a west, east, and a, a midwestern division, if I'm not mistaken. And the, the south team won, which is what I predicted. I, I said that they were the best team there. They're, they had the, the, um, the most firepower, I believed, on their squad. Jabari Smith, the Auburn commit, won MVP. We'll talk a lot about him later. But before we get to that, I got to do my due diligence. I called out a certain player going into Pangos All-American. I said, I want to see what you can do. I want to see if you're the real deal. Maybe not sounding as harsh as that, but in a sense I did. I said, this guy is on the list. Not sure if he should be. Very good player. But it's going to be interesting. And that was TJ Wainwright. And TJ Wainwright held his own. He showed that he belonged there. And he closened that gap, in my opinion, on whether he is a high major player, deserves a Pac-12, uh, more Pac-12 offers, or is he more in the mid-range kind of guy. And I think he's starting to close that gap. I think there's... There's a chance he could get on a high major roster and actually go and perform and do well and contribute to a Pac-12 team. And just some notable things from watching TJ play, uh, he looks bigger. He definitely put on some pounds since the last Pangos All-American. He looks about 15 to 10 pounds bigger. So he is finishing through contact. He is holding his own on defense. That was most notably just just from the eye test right off the bat. He he showed that his best strengths, which is his scoring, that was on on center stage. He scored in double figures in both games doing what he does best, that's scoring the ball. He's got a little bit of a funky shot, but man, it goes in. He's got like a Kevin Martin kind of release, almost Alonzo Ballish. Uh, brings it from his left hand to his right side and then releases. But man, he, he can score in bunches. And I, I've known that. I've seen him play. I've always criticized, I, I think, you know, just talking to other people, his three-point shooting, I, I thought he relied a little too much on the three. He should, you know, work more inside. His three ball starting to look a lot more accurate. He's not looking as much as a volume shooter, whereas he can be a guy that can go out night in and nine out, hit two, two or three. Not a guy that one game hits five and then goes on a three-game streak of zero. So props to TJ. He looked really good. Double figures in both games. Uh, really, really happy to see that from TJ Wainwright. Now, the bandwagon has arrived. And last week I talked a little bit about him. He was making noise in the grind session. There was rumbles on Twitter that this guy is the most underrated player in the country. And 
those talks just got heightened after Pango's All-American. I am hopping on the Ty Ty Washington bandwagon. He has been arguably the most exciting basketball player in the country these past couple of weeks. Like I said, he's putting up crazy numbers in the grind session and winning games, hitting buzzer beaters. Then he goes out to Pango's and shines. He had 21 points and then 16 points. And then he just works hard, grinds. He is just, it is so hard not to like this kid. And I really liked what uh, Ronnie Flores uh, with uh, Ball is Life, shout out to Ronnie, great writer, great evaluator, really respect him. He, he wrote something really cool in his, his recap of Pangos All-American. And uh, I definitely want to read it to you guys. So this is what Ronnie wrote about Ty Ty Washington. It's titled, Ty Ty Washington Isn't Letting Any Opportunity Slip By. He wrote this on his Five Things We Learned About Pangos All-American Festival article on uh, Ball is Life. Not every college prospect in the country has been afforded the same opportunity since the current pandemic broke out in March. Depending on which state one resides and finances has played a big role in which prospects have gotten the best opportunities for a college scholarship especially since D1 colleges have been permitted to evaluate in a live setting during the pandemic. There is little doubt six foot three guard from Arizona Compass Prep has been one of the fastest rising players in the nation during a pandemic. Washington not only benefits from residing in Arizona, he has a nice combination of size, craftiness, competitiveness, and shooting skill to impress college recruiters. Now, I love what Ronnie had to say there because he is absolutely right. He hit it on the dot, nail on the head. During this time, players cannot afford to let opportunities slip by. They cannot afford to take a playoff, a game off, and you know not run back on defense for a play. Or not talk during a rotation. You just can't. And Ty Ty has embodied that. He even talked about it. He did an interview on for Rivals. Um, and, and just how his stock has just gotten through the roof during this time. And he talked about how when the pandemic hit, he, he felt like he was playing his best up until that point. And he was really coming into his own. And up until that point, he was, you know, getting mostly uh, lower majors or or mid-majors attention, but he was just starting to get some traction, and he did not let the pandemic slow him down. He picked up right where he left off, and he he has absolutely been phenomenal these, these past couple months, and he has been super exciting. So love what Ronnie had to say there. Now he's making a college decision Sunday. That is going to be really awesome to see where he ends up he talked highly of illinois and creighton in his interview he really seems to have a good relationship with the coaches and freshman adam miller and andre curbello two guards four-star recruit guards uh, who are going to illinois and are going to make a big big impact this season for that team seems to have a good relationship with them talk really highly of his relationship with the coaches uh also creighton 
they he said that they wanted to be the next Tyshawn Alexander. Tyshawn Alexander last year was one of the leading scorers um, in the NBA draft. Really exciting player for Creighton. Uh, really good knockdown three-point shooter and playmaker. Auburn's another school that wants him. And, and, and he's got he's got a good list there to kind of choose from. He seemed like I, I last week I said I would really like to see him at ASU. Uh, when he talked about ASU, did not seem to be all that excited about it. Was just kind of like, yeah, they hit me up. Yeah, I talked to their assistants. Yeah, my cousin goes there. Uh, I had a lot of family members that go there, but and, and that's about it. Didn't really say anything like, oh, I love the way they play. Um, yeah, they, they really have a good, they really have big plans for me. So probably not ASU, but still would have been cool to see, in my opinion. Uh, but Illinois, Creighton seemed to be his top interest. Another one was Auburn. And he was on Jabari Smith's team uh, on the South squad. And, man, they really played well off of each other. And Ty Ty said in his interview, every time he, he would get a pass to Jabari or they would make a play off of each other, that he would kind of look at him like, hey, like, yo, let's, let's run this back next year at Auburn. And so, I don't know, maybe in the back of his head, um, he, he's thinking, hey, you know, maybe this could work. Maybe I could play with this guy. And um, I'm sure it's something that Bruce Pearl and his staff are, are kind of going um, and talking to him about. Um, I wouldn't be surprised unless they have other guards in mind. But I would love to see that duo. That That's probably my favorite spot for him now is Auburn, uh, is to, to see him there. But, yeah, I am totally on the Ty Ty Washington bandwagon. I'm going to be following this guy through college for sure. I would love to have him on this show. Shoot. Um, he's absolutely blown up. I'm going to see if I can make that happen. Um, now the MVP, Jabari Smith. Um, and I, Like I just touched on him right now. Coming into this camp, five-star recruit, top 10 player in the country, top five and I think in ESPN. 24-7, so very, very, very good player, top of his class. It, it is easy in a star-studded camp like Pango's to get lost in the mix. You, you, you might not even realize at times the guys that you are watching, where they are ranked, and how good they are, just because the base level of talent is so freaking high. And also you get... At us as evaluators, as as spectators, uh, people that are watching the games, we can get lost in the social media hype. It's very easy to go into one of those camps or or one of those 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 high level circuit games, and just get lost in the social media craze. You know, coming into this camp, it's about uh, Chet Holmgren versus Paulo Banchero. We want to get that matchup. Uh, we want to see this player and that player. Now, Chet and, and Paolo Banchero are on their own level. They are they deserve the social media craze. They deserve the hype. That is a hundred percent for sure. So so if you can separate yourself from the social media hype and the craze of the top players and and keeping 
you know, and, and, and put yourselves in another category. Like last year, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley were the MVPs. And they are prob- they are the two consensus top players from last year's class. There were guys who put themselves in another category, but for the most part, the rest of the internet is looking at those guys. So when you can get the whole script flipped and now everyone's looking at you, you know it's for real. And Javari, Jabari Smith did this exact thing and played on another level. Now, aside from his offense, which was very impressive, 22 points in the championship game, he stood his own and was effective defensively against two of the other top bigs in his class, Paolo Banchero and Chet Holmgren. And he did this while all of social media was waiting for a Paolo Chet matchup. We were all waiting for it. We wanted to see these two guys go at it, and he disrupted the narrative. Jabari Smith came in and said, no, this is my show. You guys are all going to be watching me. He got these guys to be uncomfortable. They were taking ill-advised shots, specifically Paolo. And, you know, for a thin guy, for a thin-framed guy, he did not he'd get bullied by the likes of Banchero. He, he did not get pushed around. So, see, Jabari Smith is the guy who's supposed to get bullied and supposed to look like the lesser big against those two guys, and he didn't. And he came out, was the MVP, and he, like, seriously, he went from five-star to six-star, in, in my opinion, uh, coming out of this camp. He was not supposed to come out looking better than both of them on that weekend, and he did. My hot take on this, Jabari Smith looked Pascal Siakam-esque. I, I've seen, uh, I believe, 24-7. They, they had this player comparison. Um, they say Rob Covington was like his, his player comparison. I'm going to say Pascal Siakam. That four-man who's long and lanky is super skilled, can play outside, can dribble the ball, can create his own shot, but gets a majority of his work done inside the paint and just being a dog inside the paint, working for his shot, getting offensive rebounds, getting putbacks, getting to the rim, and and not turning into a a four-man who's falling victim to uh, just being a three-point shooter. He is absolutely not that at all. So... I'm going to keep my eye on Jabari Smith, Pascal Siakam 2.0. <laughs> I put that label last week on uh, on Sky Clark. I said he was Jamal Murray 2.0. So I'm going to say Jabari Smith, Pascal Siakam 2.0 could be a top five pick next year. That is crazy to think. Coming into this camp, nobody was saying that. Now, go to Twitter You have many of the top uh, scouts, top analysts, uh, just raving about this guy. We have some new rankings as well. Max Preps, Ball is Life, put out their Fab 50. Max Preps has their new preseason top 25 rankings. Uh, Those were released today, and I wanted to review them. 
And it's only right when you're reviewing new rankings to cross-reference. Look at other rankings. Look, look at what other people are saying about these teams, especially in high school basketball. You can very much fall victim to bias on where you're located and who you're seeing, especially because the coverage isn't as widespread. So I took a look at Ball is Life's Fab 50 rankings done by Ronnie Flores, who I know personally. I trust Ronnie. Probably, if not the most knowledgeable person, one of the most knowledgeable people of high school basketball. He is a walking walking encyclopedia, and um, I, I trust his rankings. He posts them back in in October. I believe it was October 20th or the 25th. So a little, a little outdated in a sense, but I, I knew that they were good rankings. One, because they're done, done by Ronnie, and I, I trust them, and... They, they 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 coincided well. Both of the rankings both kind of matched up for the most part. They were very consistent. Montverde Academy is the consensus number one team in the country coming into this this season, and IMG Academy comes in at number two. So both of those teams are on their list, and and for the most part, you got a lot of other teams in the mix too that are that are also in that top that top 25 you have sunrise christian academy um in in bel-air kansas so you, you got a lot of the same teams um floating around in both of these rankings now i did find a big difference although most of, for the most part a majority of the teams were the same on both the rankings and you know, within a couple spots of each other, there was a big difference for two particular teams. Yipsy Prep Academy and Prolific Prep in Napa. Yipsy Prep is in Michigan. They are very high on Max Preps' rankings. To be specific, Yipsy Prep Academy in uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan is ranked number four. And Prolific Prep in Napa is ranked number five. Where do they rank on Ronnie's rankings? The Ball is Life Fab 50. Nowhere to be found. Not on the rankings. How can this be? How, how can there be such a difference in, in from, from going from four and five to not even ranked? Now, I don't know the Max Preps. Uh, person who ranks the, the these teams, and uh, I would love to hear from him and, and give his reasons on why they're ranked so high. I'm just speculating, kind of giving my opinion here. Um, I'm going to give Ronnie kind of the benefit of the doubt here. I, I do think uh, Prolific Prep not being ranked in the Fab 50 was a bit odd, but those rankings were made, you know, almost a month ago. So I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure if they had Issa Silva yet. Uh, Prolific Prep isn't doing really well in the grind session. And they're, they're a very good team. Definitely, in my opinion, worthy of being a top 50 team in the country. Especially when you have uh, five-star guys and four- and three-star guys all in your, your, top, your, your starting five. So I'm going to give him that one. Yipsy. Prep Academy, I'm going to kind of come at Max Preps a little bit here. Yipsy Prep Academy 
is a first year prep school featuring built built solely to highlight and feature none other than consensus number one player and also being dubbed the best high school player since LeBron James, Imani Bates. So so this this academy in their first year is being put together to feature Imani and to go out, you know, and play other top programs in in the country. He, here's where I have a problem with them being ranked that high. One, like I said, they're a first-year program. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be some growing pains between these teams. Now, don't all teams kind of just reload after a year and they they um, add new guys, They guys leave? It's just a revolving door in these prep schools. Yes, fair point. But for the most part, these teams, they have an identity they have a system. You know what you're getting from one of these prep schools. The coaches, the directors, there's a consistency in a sense for the good teams, the really good teams, the ones who are consistently at the top. You have the Monvers, you have the, the IMGs, the Oak Hills. Established coaches who have been at it forever, who have established at this level a winning culture a winning philosophy yipsy prep is in their first year they're being coached by imani's dad now i don't really know his coaching experience i don't know what what qualifies him or what doesn't all i know is that i'm just a little skeptical on a first year program being ranked that high and also his freshman year he was given his AAU team was given a spot in the U15 EYBL he was featured and they were in last place they hardly won any games and he was the feature guy he was on all these highlight tapes and Imani was was killing it. Don't get me wrong. He went out and he showed out, but his team didn't win very much. That is what I have to base Yipsy Preps standing off of. A stint in the EYBL that didn't yearn very many wins and a newly built team, a first-year program. Now, they, on paper, are pre- are very loaded, actually. They have a very good roster. Uh, Jaden Atkins, Dylan Hunter, Javon Hanna, uh, Marlon Barnes Jr. So they have a very good ro- uh, roster on paper. Jaden Atkins, um, he's also, he's class of 21, committed to Michigan State, um, like Imani is. And, and the rest of these guys are, are you know, top, top 100 top 200 players, a couple top 50 guys in, in their in their classes. So it, it's a good squad on paper, yes. 
Imani is the real deal. Yes. Got a lot of KD in him. Long, lanky guy that can score and do it all and just kind of galvanize a program. You know, he, he led his, his as a freshman his high school to a state championship as a freshman in Chicago. I, I'm not going to deny he's the real deal. I'm not. I'm just a little skeptical about them being ranked number four, and I don't blame Ronnie for leaving them off of his rankings. Imani is the real deal. I love what, what, instead of calling him the best high school player since LeBron James, I I love what uh, Rashad Phillips says. He is Benji Wilson reincarnated. He is the guy from Chicago who is going to take Chicago on his shoulders, take him to the promised land. That's what Benji Wilson was. And if you don't know who Benji Wilson is, you got to go watch the ESPN 30 for 30. Benji on the top high school player in the country from Chicago, who was going to be the next big thing, died tragically. Very good documentary. So I, I am totally on board with Imani Bates. He's a real deal. Next Benji Wilson, Benji Wilson reincarnated. He's going to be the Chicago kid, the next great Chicago kid. Absolutely. I am just not so quick to throw his team up at number four in the country. I could be wrong. And honestly, we're going to see pretty early who's right, who's wrong. Because we got some big games on Thursday. What's going on Thursday, you ask? I'll tell you, ESPN Geico High School Showcase. They've been doing this all year for, for football. This is their first one for basketball. It's going to be our first taste of national television high school hoops. It's going to feature six teams. You're going to have Oak Hill versus Lake Norman. Yipsy Prep versus Team Sizzle, which is... Minnehaha Academy under a surname due to their state regulations. High school teams can't play in these, so they got to name their high school team a different name in order to play. Weird, I know. That's just how it is. Um, We got CBC, which is Sierra Canyon here in SoCal. Uh, They're going to be playing Air NATO, which is Coronado High School, Las Vegas. If you're not excited about these games, I don't know what to tell you. Because this is going to be primetime, awesome high school basketball on display. And just, man, just in itself, we have top players across the board from all these teams. You're going to have Chet Holmgren, Jalen Hardy, Frankie Collins, uh, Jaden Atkins. Imani Bates, Amari Bailey, Bronny James. Like, man, what more can you ask for here? My prediction on these games, uh, I think Oak Hill gets it done versus Lake Norman. Uh, That's that first game to to kick off. Yipsy Prep versus Team Sizzle. Like, I, I, I just went off about Yipsy Prep being number four in the country, and they're going to get their chance right here out of the gate, playing Minnehaha Academy 
Obviously, Team Sizzle losing Jalen Suggs last year. He's going to be at Gonzaga this year, who's preseason number one in college basketball. Uh, they had their best class in ever, I think. Their best recruiting class ever this year. Going to be really exciting to see Gonzaga play. But Minnehaha Academy still has Chet Holmgren, uh, still has Hersey Miller, and a, a variety of other guys that are going to be featured now on this Minnehaha team. And I think they get it done. I think Team Sizzle gets it done. I think Imani Bates impresses. I think it's a good game. It goes down um, goes down late. It's going to be very entertaining. I think Minnehaha gets it done just on the account of their returners. They have the number one player in the country in Chet Holmgren. Uh, but Imani does not disappoint. He, he, he shows why he's as good as he is. And it's going to be a lot of fun. He, he's a guy that does not shy away from the, the spotlight. And when the spotlight's on, like right now, and he has a chance to show the whole country why he's being called the best high school player since since LeBron, he, he's going to show up. Um, then after that, to, to, to cap things off, we have Sierra Canyon versus Coronado, or CBC versus Air NATO. This is the one why, this is the one game I am super excited to see Jalen Hardy, who I'm very high on. Last podcast, I told, I talked about it. He was the best guard in his class. Um, I said it was a hot take. I don't think it's that much of a hot take. Some people might think so. But dude is next level guard. Um, he is, he, he could go right now to a, a power five school and I think start right now at this stage and that is just an account of his skill on account of his intelligence as a player and I think he's going to show why he's next up against uh, Sierra Canyon and also I think Coronado is going to win because of the games they have under their belt they have been playing in Arizona they played in Utah they have guys that, that have just been consistently playing Sierra Canyon. This is very much a tune-up game, if you will. I think they got some, some games back last month. I could be wrong, but I think Air Nato gets it done against Bronny James, Amari Bailey, uh, Big Harold U, Max Allen. So they got a, a, a good squad at Sierra Canyon, a good returning squad, Shy Odom. They're also going to be very good, a top team in SoCal this year. Once they get playing in March, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much of that Sierra Canyon team will still be together in March. Um, with with transfers and stuff, it's going to be interesting to see. But they're playing a couple games leading up to there under their CBC name, so maybe those guys will stay motivated. They got some national games. Sierra Canyon last year was one of the most covered teams in the entire country because of Bronny. And we're going we're gonna to see also what Bronny looks like, likely to be in a starting role. He, he's going to likely be playing that one and two guard, that, that combo guard position, him and Amari Bailey. So 
it's going to be interesting to see how Bronny has gotten better. And he's got a, a tough task. They go against Frankie Collins, uh, Michigan commit, Jalen Hardy. So it's going to be fun. I think Jalen Hardy shows why he's the top guard in the country and is going to be a, a great pro. Uh, but uh, it's also going to be a fun game. Those games are tomorrow night on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. So make sure you tune into those games tomorrow afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of Believe in High School Basketball. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave a review as well. I love feedback, and I want to know what you guys think of the show. You can also get updates on what's next for my show by following me on social, at Bryce Broadcast on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to follow. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.